Hi everyone, uh, welcome back once again in our tech talk. Um, today we are going to be talking about testing and uh, all the details about testing. We have a testing expert with us, which is um, Amit. Uh, thank you, Amit, for agreeing to talk about um, testing. I know you have years and decades of experience on it, and uh, I'm very excited to find out more about testing from you today. Um, so yeah, I will hand it over very quickly to you without wasting much time. Um, so I'll start with um, what, uh, you know, the most foundational question, what is testing? I mean, we, we say test engineer, test automation engineer, but what is, what is testing in, in IT industry? Well, uh, thank you so much, Renat, for the introduction. And uh, yeah, I have got about 14 years of experience now working in the software uh, industry as a tester, test consultant, test manager, test lead, senior uh, QA, whatever you can call it. And uh, yeah, so uh, got loads of experience and testing different types of applications, uh, ranging from mobile applications and web applications uh, to even desktop applications. Now, when it comes to testing, it's uh, it's something very simple. Uh, so whenever you uh, manufacture a product, you test whether it meets the requirements for based on the decisions which the business has taken, based on the requirements for which the product has been created, or based on the user's needs. So if a product is able to fulfill those criteria, we pass it and then we release it in the market. And in order to validate whether everything has met the requirements for the business, for the process, for the product, technical, everything, we do some testing. So you test, uh, say, an aeroplane, you test a computer. So similarly, you test softwares. So software testing is essentially testing software before it's handed over to the customer so that the customer can start using it. Right, okay. So um, how, how, how subjective is this testing? I mean, obviously, you know, you, you're testing the software whether it's, you know, good for production or not. But, you know, are, are you testing the quality? Are you, is there like a, grade, a range of, uh, you know, outcome in, in terms of quality or is it just yes, no? Is it just binary that, okay, is it good enough or not? Or is there like a, like a degree of acceptance uh, criteria? So that is a very good question because it, it, it's a very broad question. So it, it covers a lot of things. Uh, so let me start from the beginning. So when we talk about the quality of a product, what are we talking about? Quality from a business perspective, whether we can maintain the code, whether we can maintain the product, whether we can provide support, quality from a customer perspective, whether I'm able to do the thing that the product is designed to do or the software is designed to do, am I able to do it? And then quality in terms of uh, how's the performance? Uh, does the performance degrade over time? Or uh, does the performance degrade when other applications are open in the background? Things like that. Then quality in terms of, uh, can I open it in multiple browsers? How secure it is? And then uh, does it work for different types of uh, people who are disabled, who, are, who can't read, who can't write, who are colorblind? Things like that. And all that defines quality of a software, right from the business requirement all the way to the consumer requirement. And that defines the software quality. So there is not one single parameter, there are multiple parameters. So the when we talk about software testing from a company point, point of view, there are some explicit uh, uh, things. The explicit things are the, the software should do this, the consumer should be able to log in, the consumer should be able to buy something, the consumer should be able to interact with it, etc, etc. And then there are some implicit requirements which are not clearly defined, but which a consumer accepts, expects. Uh, things like performance, security. I don't want my data to get leaked. Uh, I don't want my uh, software to perform less over a period of time or when multiple applications are open. And I want my uh, software to work on different platforms or different uh, uh, like uh, web browsers, things like that. So those are implicit. And all this together encompasses the uh, software quality. So yeah, in short. Right, right. Okay, that is very interesting because as a developer, um, when when I'm given like a list of requirements, I'm always thinking. I mean, I'm usually, you know, you know, categorizing it into two things. Like one is mandatory requirement, and the one is nice to have. 
But what you mentioned right now is the implicit requirement is what, what the customer expects by default. That's something I haven't actually thought about before because that's, that's a very interesting thing to always take into account that, okay, there are nice to have things that would be, you know, that are, you know, that will delight the customers. But, you know, if, if, the, if what they're actually, their minimum expectation is not met, then no matter how many nice to have features you have, that's not going to be good enough. So definitely that's actually a very, very important eye-opener for me as well. And so, uh, I mean, uh, and just, to, just to add to what you said, because yes, as a developer, you focus only on the requirements and you are not this. But when we talk about software quality, you also want to understand who's responsible for the quality. Is it actually the tester or the developer or the business analyst or the product owner or the project manager or the organization? Who's responsible? And always the, uh, the answer sometimes says testers are the gatekeepers. They, they, they are the protectors. They are the torchbearers of quality. But no, quality is responsible or responsibility of everyone in the organization because how the organization yeah. interacts, communicates, uh, drills down the requirements, how the product owner defines the requirements, how the developer builds the software, how the test actually tests the software and then how it's released and deployed. All that forms quality. So it's not a single entity that's responsible for quality. It's the whole organization. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I very much agree with that. And um, I remember of a story of a car manufacturer. I'm not going to go into the names of that. But uh, basically what they were doing, the way they were manufacturing is that um, they had, you know, in their assembly line, they had various, you know, stages. And then uh, they had a last stage, which would just basic, which is basically finalized stage. Like, you know, if there was any problem, any tiny defect or anything at the last, you know, in, in any of the previous stages, then that last stage would basically finalize everything, give the finishing touches, perfect everything before the, the car is sent out to, to the public. But one of the one of the researcher or sort of pro process optimization expert expert came in and they analyzed this whole thing and then they finally recommended that get rid of that perfection you know get rid of that last stage altogether because what was happening is everyone was doing a half-assed job they were thinking oh yeah we've done 90% but okay let the you know that last stage deal with it make them you know, let, let them make it perfect and deal with these small problems. But then obviously with all of these you know, steps in the assembly line, it, it really does add up. And it also takes away the responsibility from each of these uh, stages. So as soon as it was gotten rid of, then everyone had more ownership and, you know, everyone took more responsibility in terms of, you know, uh, keeping the quality of the product product you know, up to their highest standard. So, yeah, absolutely. There, there is, uh, you know, strategies there where, you know, every, ev you know, everyone should be incentivized so everyone yes. can sort of maintain the quality. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, no, that's, I, I actually, you know, I'm quite uh, passionate about this part. That's why I thought I'll explain it a little bit more. And uh, um, while, while you were mentioning that, uh, sorry to interrupt, uh, Renat, while you were mentioning uh -huh. that, uh, I also realized there is something called a test pyramid, which actually, uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but in the testing world, uh, whenever you go for an interview, they ask you about the test pyramid. And the test pyramid basically says, uh, uh, when should you test? and how expensive will it be to test at that stage or that level, okay? So if you test it early, uh, you save a lot of money because you you have a lot of time after, after uh, during development. But if you test it very late, it becomes very expensive to fix things. Just like in your car manufacturing example, like if you if you try to fi fix everything in the end, because you have to go back and then the supply chain and everything, the logistics, the assembly, manufacturing, all the processes have to be again realigned to fix that one simple issue. It's going to cost the company yeah. a lot of money. So similarly, I mean, with the analogy of manufacturing, the same principles apply to software testing as well. So it's more expensive to fix a software close to delivery but it's much cheaper to fix the software at the beginning. And at the beginning is right before you even write this first line of code. 
it's actually at the time of writing the requirement if the requirements are crystal clear if the design team has thought about the right architecture then it's very simple to code i i remember this one quote from einstein who's uh, who said that uh, if you have a uh, 60 if you have a minute to solve a problem or say you have 10 minutes to solve a problem not a minute 10 minutes to solve a problem i'll spend 9 minutes to think how i would solve the problem and 1 minute to execute my solution yes so you yes, need to so spend I'm- a lot of time in designing and thinking and how everything will be done and then you execute but a lot of lot of times what happens is people forget all that and they just focus on let's build let's build without caring about everything else i was just going to say that we know the ideal scenario but in my experience even like you know like it's it's just that's not how the companies or the businesses deal with things but yeah i mean the outcome output would be so much better if if we had a planned infrastructure or like a step by step method to to follow this and uh, um you know may we would have made a lot more out of that the same resources and same time yes that. so um another thing also i'm i'm curious about obviously we're talk we're talking about the quality and also you know thinking beforehand so one of the other thing is uh, what i also experienced that you know that um, setting the success criteria or acceptance criteria of a software or or any product uh, at the beginning is is very important so yes. so when you when it comes to your time to test do you look at the initial success criteria that was set up and you do you test against that or you know what in your experience has it always does it always change when people set out that okay we're going to do this 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 and this but then by the time they built it the target or the objective maybe may have changed i mean do what's your experience or thoughts so, on that so uh, i mean from my own experience what i do is i always look at the requirements because the requirements are guiding us and if there are no requirements then you what you do is essentially you uh think of how a customer would use a product and then uh, define it so suppose the acceptance criteria is actually there written in the requirement what i would do is i would look at the acceptance criteria and then see if it passes or fails or whatever based on the acceptance criteria so that's my bare minimum of testing apart from that what i will do is i will also uh, test do some exploratory testing do some negative scenarios because most of the times if you see acceptance criteria are happy paths or positive scenarios they are not about failures yeah. they are not about errors they are not about negative scenarios uh and uh, what i mean by negative or failure scenarios is what happens if something breaks what happens if something fails what happens if the data is not received what happens if the database is down etc etc so those are like the uh those are the negative unhappy path or the uh, failure scenarios and that also has to be tested so as a bare minimum test the acceptance criteria because that will definitely help you to even understand sometimes the software because as a tester i have noticed that you have a much broader picture of the whole system than maybe a developer because your right. your perspective is all about testing the whole system from a consumer point of view also testing the requirements and also testing many other things but in the end you're trying to uncover issues with the software so when we actually test software what are we trying to do am i trying to break it no am i trying to uh, what am i trying to do basically what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to uncover issues so like you develop ui path robots right and i'm testing those ui yeah. path robots uh, from your perspective you have built something uh, but you don't have time to test it so and when i say test it means uncover any issues with the development of the robots or whether the robot is functioning right in the right uh, scenarios so i come as a tester i test your robot and i say renath this is not working as per this uh, design or as per this requirement or it is not working as per what you intended it to do it is doing this it is doing that so i am actually uncovering issues i am not trying to break the software people say testers break softwares no we don't break softwares we uncover issues in the software it could be a human yes. issue it could be a process issue a design issue various things 
but at the end our aim is to enable you to develop a better product and we are not trying to find faults a lot of times testers and developers they have this big tussle among themselves saying oh uh, i am a developer i am right i have coded it properly and testers will say no i have tested it right i know what i am doing uh, you have not built it correctly but i think we need to understand that we are here to help each other deliver something together absolutely yes no that's uh, yeah actually has been a really good experience so far with you as well i mean uh, there was there has always been that communication give and take and you know at the end of the day if we all if we all try to meet the final objective of you know producing a very robust you know software then obviously you know the the objective becomes clear that what needs to be done to to get to the final stage yes so um okay so moving on from that um you know when 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 we talk about testing i mean obviously you know you're checking the software i mean obviously you know you mentioned you know you want to uncover weaknesses etc but what do you, i mean people call it sometimes just they're just calling it that you're checking whether the development or the coding but what, what is there a difference between testing and checking i mean you know i check as well when i develop but i'm sure there is more to testing than than that yes so there is a there is a difference uh, in testing what we are trying to uncover is how the software actually behaves and checking is to ensure that it behaves always the same way so right. testing testing is basically uncovering the behavior so suppose you have developed something and you have not told me how it behaves how it works and i as a tester comes and then i take a notebook i take a pen i try to do something with it and it it does something and i take a note and that note is basically trying to establish okay this is how the software behaves so that's testing and when i check what i do is i look at the notebook i look at my note and then i say okay this is the note and the software should behave this way is it actually behaving that way so that's checking okay so there is a difference there is a difference in the sense that lot of people say automation is going to solve problem uh, all the problems and it is going to replace all the testers but what is automation doing automation is only checking it's not testing it is checking what has been coded in the automation script so suppose you are building a ui path robot to do some automation but you have defined yeah. how it should behave so it will behave exactly the same every time it runs right so it is not going to behave in any other way as long as you have coded it right it will behave exactly the same so when i check whether it's behaving right or not i'm checking that this is how it should behave but when i test i test it under different scenarios and see how it actually behaves uh, if i disconnect the internet or if i close the database or i break the connection things like that and that is not checking right. because you have not developed it for that and then when i say uh, rinat it is not working in this scenario then you develop it even better and you uh, capture those scenarios and make it more robust so that's that's a slight difference so automation is doing checking testing is uncovering things which can't be which you can't f- uh, know beforehand I see that is that is very intriguing to know actually I've never thought about it this when I didn't realize that so many things actually go into testing you know you have to yes. you have to sort of have so many logic as well I always thought you know uh, I'm developing and after developing I'm running to see whether it runs so I'm kind of doing half the job of tester anyway you but you think that of, yes of course there is more to testing than than what the developer does so so yeah so that's that that kind of brings me to like you know i'm sure there is you know like what are the main principles of software testing uh, you know there there's you know surely a, like a you know set of things that you follow or you have to know about when you're testing and no anyone can just be you know a developer can't just be a tester right so there is you know what, what are the main principles of testing so i mean uh, for a tester to test software or anything for that matter you have to be curious you have to be able to communicate your ideas or whatever you have observed clearly and the principles are uh, actually very simple 
it's basically is a couple of principles five or six i think uh, that are standard now across the industry and everyone is aware of it and uh, one of them is uh, like you cannot test the entire software 100% so we say okay. yeah i have tested 100% but no you have not tested you can never test it 100% because you are limited by your own knowledge by your own experience a person is always limited a organization is always limited uh, a software is similarly limited and we cannot comprehend all the possible scenarios in which the software will be executed so as a tester i try to execute in as many possible scenarios that i have experience in or as far as 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 many scenarios in which i am for which i am aware of okay so that's one thing the second thing is whenever we are testing we will uncover defects or issues okay so we are uncovering issues right so it's it's not like we are creating issues we are breaking anything we are uncovering issues within the software okay and then you have this mentality that uh, uh, the, the, there is another uh, i mean this mentality that uh, if i test the same thing again and again i will uncover the i'll uncover new issues but that's not the case because if you test the same thing again and again which happens actually with automation because you are testing the same thing again and again it will not generate new issues because you have already fixed them and after a certain period of time you would have fixed all the possible issues and then you will not uncover any new issues so if you keep on testing or executing the same test scripts as they say you will not uncover any new issues okay ah okay and uh, and then uh, the defects normally tend to cluster so in the sense that <coughs> you know about the pareto principle where it says that 80% of the problems are caused by 20% or sorry 80% of things happen because of 20% of a problem 80 20 yes. principle It's basically yeah i'm actually very um you know i i'm very passionate about this principle i apply that to everywhere in my life and i have found so many positive outcomes from that it's just amazing principle yeah yeah go on so so in in software also you apply the same principle 80% of the defects actually come from 20% of the the code right <laughs> so majority of the defects yeah. tend to stick uh, or cluster in some part of the code the remaining part is uh, less complicated and produces less issues so if you think for example that whenever we are uh, trying to test something and whenever we are short of time we always test the most complex part of the software and the most riskiest part from a business point of view so payments are always the most riskiest and uh, most complex is also the integration between two uh, systems so those are the places where you can actually have most issues if it's a simple login thing uh, or if it's a just a simple text input more or less it will work but where the integration happens where information flows from one system to another that's where the problem occurs and it's actually very simple to figure that out normally and you, and right. as i have tested your robots you would have seen that most of the defects are from just one particular area of the code it's not the entire code it's just few bits and pieces so that's another thing and when we are testing it it tells us that uh, i mean it tells us the uh, issues or everything based on how or what is the context behind our test so suppose i am testing just for security so i will uncover i will try to uncover only defects which are related to security i'll not try to cover other scenarios or anything else and similarly if i'm trying to test for performance so i have to define the context in which i'm testing what is the reason what am i testing what is the context so that also defines how the testing is driven so, i mean those are more or less the guiding principles for any testing uh, software testing project right okay that's actually very interesting to know that definitely like helped me understand you know whenever i'm doing something then now i can i i can have a better understanding of where my work is going and how it's you know being tested or treated after me so there is one thing that i have heard this term called um, pesticide something i'm 
pesticide paradox, is it? And I always wondered what, what that is. Um, what is pesticide paradox? So pesticide uh, paradox is something that we already just spoke about. Like uh, if you test the same thing, um, you will uh, you will not uncover new issues. So that's the pesticide paradox. So don't keep testing the same thing again and again, or don't run the same test scripts again and again. So if you have some test cases or test scripts to run, then don't try to run them again and again because they are not going to find new issues. So you will have to update them or find some new scenarios to execute in order to uncover new issues. So that's basically the paradox. Sure. Just because right, just because you think that there are no issues doesn't mean there are uh, there are no issues. There might be okay, issues, okay, but yeah, you have no, not been able to uncover it. <laughs> I see, I see. So basically, you have to expand your like search Ex criteria of issues. Expand, <laughs> change, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Expand or change, I would say. Don't stick to what you're doing every day. Yeah. Of course, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And that can actually be applied to our regular life as well, I'm sure. Definitely, of, yes. Uh, yeah, a lot of problems will be uncovered <laughs> uh, that way, <laughs> new problems in life. Um, so I'm sure there is, you know, obviously testing, this This is a, you know, like a proper, like, um, industry or, you know, like there is probably like a, you know, various methods or like, um, what do you call it, the, you know, like, you know, when you approach something, you, you, you want to categorize your problem. Um, you know, there is so what in software testing, I mean, how do you, how do you do that? How do you, what are the methods of software testing? How do you approach what kind of problem? So in like software that? testing in general, you have so many methods, um, and, uh, not every testing is actually about actually running a code. So there is something called a static testing where you just look at the requirements, you look at the code, you read it. So you don't execute the code, you just read it. You read what has been built, you read the documentation, because when you're talking about quality, it also about documentation, the code that has been written, has it been written properly, can it be maintained properly, how is the requirement, can I test the requirement? So sometimes what happens is a product owner decides to write a requirement, okay? And then the tester comes and says, uh, guys, we can't test this uh, requirement because the environment is not as available, the scenario is not possible, the software should not behave this way, etc, etc. So sometimes you just test the requirement. So there is this term called testability of requirements. Can you actually test oh. the requirements? So a lot okay. of times people say, uh, why do you need testers in a requirements planning meeting? But you need them because they can tell you whether we can test it or not. And sometimes what happens is, especially in agile, uh, agile teams, testers, developers, product owners, business analysts, scrum masters, they're all working together and tester and the developer will say, yeah, 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 it will take, just take um, uh, two hours to develop and code this feature. But the tester will say it will take two days for me to test and then everyone will start looking at the tester and wonder why is that the case <laughs> why is it why will it take two days but the thing is when you just modify a bit of the code sometimes that cha that cha code has an impact on the whole system so you have to test everything around it yes so sometimes yes, that complexity yes. only a tester would know and that's why it would take instead of two hours to just code, it will take two days, days for them to test it. So that's one method. Of course. So that's like just looking at static, then dynamic. The dynamic is code execution. So you execute code, you run it and you see what happens. So that's dynamic. The other, other method is you don't know anything about what the code is. You just try to run it. So sometimes you know uh, what the code is in the background and when you know the internal mechanism of a software that's called a white box testing okay so you know what is there right. inside if you don't know what is inside then it's called a black box testing so think of a cpu okay so if i know what is there inside a cpu i can try to debug it and try to identify the problem or the 
the the bonnet of a car if you open it you uh, you see the engine you see the radiator you see the oil oil filter water filter etc etc and if you know how everything is connected and works you can actually fix problems and if some problem occurs you know where exactly the issue is so that's white yes. box so you know the internal mechanism but there is something called black box you don't know anything you just switch on the switch on the ignition of a car or you just take the take the software and you just do whatever you want to do with it and, you and just, that is black just, box okay right you only have the you can just input some things and see what output it comes exactly. out and then try to make out what's happening inside exactly exactly as you have described exactly as you described okay so so that's black box then some people say okay i don't care about what scripts are written or what this is written i just want to explore i just want to find my way around the software so exploratory testing no uh, nothing is defined nothing is planned then you have agile agile methodology so agile methodology in agile methodology you test always you always keep on testing so so there oh, are different okay. methods like that and there are some more methods uh, when you say manual testing humans are testing well humans are testing it's not manual testing uh <laughs> just because humans are testing it we don't uh, we don't call an aircraft that is being tested by humans a manual testing right so similarly we no, should not no. call manual testing or automation uh-huh. testing this is a very misnomer and lot of people in the industry have come against this whole term of manual testing and automation testing it is not manual humans are doing it why are we calling it manual we don't call something else manual <laughs> so why are we calling testing manual so so yes so these yes. are the different methods of testing so so you mentioned white box and black box is there something in the middle like brown box or maybe oh yes maybe there is there is box, something in the box. middle gray box there is something in the middle <laughs> gray, gray box, box. Yes, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, you're neither white nor black you're gray it's like that shady villain in a film right <laughs> you're neither good you're neither bad you're in between <laughs> so it's something like that so it's it's a mix of black box and white box and that's called gray box so why why would there ever be a black box i mean you know when you're testing something would you not get all the information that you need from the developers who developed it i mean they they should tell you everything all the inner workings that way you don't have to have gray or black you just have the white box with all the information isn't that easier for you so so that is easier yes and uh, that is only in the case where you actually have testers testing it but what about consumers or user acceptance testing as we call it when they come into the picture right. so you, you know you have beta testing uh, mm-hmm. whenever you yes. release a software there is a beta release alpha release and so forth those are yes. early release of a software to consumers and or you invite few consumers in your organization you ask them to test it and they don't know what the system is they don't know the code those right. people will actually do black box testing because they don't know the internal mechanisms right so when you get a beta yeah. software you don't know the code you just test it you actually don't even test you just use it and when while you're using it you uncover issues and we call it testing right. but you are just uncovering issues as you use the system wow that is actually that's very eye opening to guys that's very interesting is that just that just made me think of a whole new thing about perspectives because you know i was saying black box testing is test testing is bad but actually if you if you are doing black box black box testing that means that you're not biased by all the things that you know you just you're just replicating what a user would do so that's like you know a fresh eye, fresh set of eyes you're just trying to be the user and that's exactly. that's a completely different level of testing and that would bring out you know a fresh perspective and you know that would uncover new new different kind of errors that you know when you're not biased by knowing all the the way it works because you yes. know you know if you know everything then you kind of you know you found something a weakness and you thought oh i know why this is like that because this is coded that way True. but you know if you are a user then you don't care about how it's coded you want a feature and you want it working the best so yeah that's actually very interesting that's very eye opening thing this uh, this actually actually uh, happens quite a lot 
uh, this bias. Um, so people who are experienced in testing, sometimes they develop this bias because they all, if you are in a project for a very long time, you tend to always uh, uh, test specific things. You don't test it like someone with fresh eyes. So mm-hmm. yeah. the alpha testing, beta testing or user acceptance testing is actually quite important because they are going to test it in a way which you would have never thought of. And that's why a lot of com- yeah. big companies, they actually uh, put out their software uh, as a beta release because these are people who are going to test the software for you free of cost. Mm. Yes. You would you would get a tester and you would ask, you would pay them some money and they would do some testing for you and they'll find some issues. But of course they would be limited by their experience, their awareness, their knowledge, their skills. When a person comes or say 10,000 people come to do beta testing of your software, that's where you uncover so many other possibilities, so many other ways where people would have not even imagined how it would be used. Right. So, yes. so uh, I, I, I'll give you one example. It happened with the Galaxy Fold. Okay, Galaxy Fold, when it was launched, it had this huge uh, like fanfare and everything like it was a lot of uh, hype in the media. Oh, this is a very good phone, this phone, that phone. And they said, we can close it and open it, close it and open it 10,000 times. So or or n number of times. Okay. But when people mm-hmm. started actually put closing the folding the phone in a closed position and putting in the pocket, and that's where things started creating problems because when you are putting it in your pocket, it starts rubbing against the surface of your pants or jeans, rubbing against sometimes rubbing against the skin or whatever, and that causes uh, wear and tear. And they found out wow. that when you keep it in the pocket or something like that, the screen actually uh, gets some dust, does this, does that, and breaks. And then they also had a coating on the top of the screen. So whenever you buy a smartphone, you have a film or a a plastic cover that covers the screen and then you peel it off. So Mm. a lot of people thought that that is a similar packaging, but actually that peel was not supposed to be taken off. (laughs) So a lot of people took off the plastic cover and it damaged the screen. And there was no disclaimer, there was no instructions. And and this is a very simple example. This is not even software testing, but this is testing for a product. And and yes. using it in a way that it was never designed to be used or never even thought <laughs> it could be used in that way. So yeah. Right, right. I mean this is this is actually like so interesting because this is actually I mean before I was just thinking testing is you know test engine there is test engineer who does the testing and as long as the you know success criteria is met or some requirement is met, that was it. But actually now I realize like it's such a broad spectrum, the testing. I mean, it's not just test engineer, it's just alpha testing, beta testing, so many things I didn't even think about. So that actually makes me think like there there must be different levels of software testing. I mean, you know, when when I do a little bit of development, I, I just test that. I know that's called unit testing, but there must be various other levels as well. Tell, tell, tell us a bit, little bit about that. So I normally use a very simple analogy to explain the different levels of testing. So a lot of people are familiar with a desktop, uh, a CPU of a computer. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's start with the processor. So if you hold the processor in your hand and if you test anything on the processor, let's call that unit testing. Then the processor is put on the motherboard. That's called integration testing. So you test how the processor works with the motherboard, integration testing. Uh, Then you put the hard disk and you connect it to the motherboard. That's again integration testing. You connect the RAM and you do uh, integration testing. You connect the graphic card and that's integration testing. Okay, so that's the second level. Third level is system testing. So now what you're doing is you you have connected all the things. You have connected the CPU, you have connected the hard drive, you have connected the RAM, you have connected your graphics card, you have connected your power supply. Now as a whole, you do the testing of the whole thing together. So that's system testing or what they call system integration testing. And then you put it in a box. You cover the box and you put a fancy label on it and you give it to a customer. And the customer or whoever is using that 
it's called either a black box testing or a user acceptance testing so these are the different levels I, in principle of testing i see i see okay no that that is very interesting as well cuz i i mean i thought i'm doing unit testing but of course you know when i hand it over to you know for example you as testing engineer you obviously then there is you know all of these things that you're doing to make sure that it it's fully integrated into the whole ecosystem of you know all the technologies that are in in that premise so yeah that's uh, that's quite cool actually um what kind of tools do you use when you're testing is there like your software applications and what what else do you use to uh... predominantly we use uh, software to record and take screenshots so any 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 software that can take screenshots or can record a video is essentially a good testing tool because you want to capture what you have observed right because if i want to tell a developer or someone who has built the product or designed the product i want to tell them that this is the issue that i have uncovered i need to be able to explain to them so my toolkit should have a way to analyze logs so i i normally use i i get access to a database so i look at the logs uh, or the content of a table i uh, i look at i try to take screenshots i try to capture videos to help people understand those are the simple tools then you also have a notepad a pen and paper so you take notes so that that can be a simple tool for testing because when you are testing you sometimes forget so that can be a tool and then you will use some tools to manage the data so as a tester you have access to multiple systems and multiple systems will have multiple logins urls uh, usernames passwords etc etc and to manage all that you need a system so i use something called as a password manager to manage all the usernames and passwords uh so that it helps me to uh quickly uh get uh access to a system whenever i need whatever i need and whichever environment it is so everything in one single place yeah that helps but yeah these are some of the simple tools that you can use but the biggest tool is your brain your intellect that is your biggest tool because you are trying to be curious in order to understand how the developed code is working of course yeah yeah to have that kind of like searching mindset to like yes. you know the exploratory mindset that you know what and ha- you have to also have an open mind so you can think like the broad you know the looking at the broader picture of how it's going to be used in the in the in in the end etc yes so um another thing i actually wanted to add as well i mean i know this is not a tool for you to test but as a as a person who interacts with the tester <laughs> uh one thing uh one tool i actually found really helpful is called uh, process steps recorder it's it's actually integrated within microsoft windows and i found this to be useful because um it's um, you know a lot of the big organization have a lot of security or uh, you know restrictions on yes. using various applications or even taking screenshots or taking video things like that so this is if you just press the windows button bring up your starts menu and write, type psr p for papa s for sierra r for romeo and then it would it would come up uh, and it's a steps recorder you basically just literally um click record and then do the exact steps replicate the problem and it will take screenshots of each of the steps that you have taken to get to that problem oh. and then you can send that easily to to a test engineer so they can see what what's happening oh, interesting. and also i mean yes yes and i i was stuck in in one, with one of the clients because they had so much security restrictions i wasn't allowed to take screenshots I wasn't allowed to install any software. I wasn't even allowed to use a web application, you know, or a Chrome extension or anything like that. So I just, you know, somehow, you know, came to know about this, and this was this was a lifesaver for that situation. I was able to take step by step screenshots, automated. Nice. You know, once you do the replicate the problem and you stop recording, it would create you a re- uh, report, and you can just send it off to whoever needs to see the okay. problem. Okay. 
I'll I'll try this out because this is quite interesting. So as a Windows user, I quite fancy using tools which are inbuilt, and if if that helps me to test better and record my steps better, then I definitely want to use it. But while you were talking, I also came to realize that I myself use two other very important tools. One is a portable apps uh, tool. So normally, what happens is when you are not allowed to install software, you can uh-huh. still download them. You may not be able to install them, but you can still download them. And uh, what I try to do is I download portable applications that can run without installing. Right. And okay. and those are quite yeah. useful, especially Notepad plus plus when you're looking at multiple code because the Notepad itself is not that capable enough to look at multiple formats of code and yes. etc. So I I download Notepad plus plus. Then there is one tool That's called. That's actually one of the. I mean, <laughs> as soon as I create Creative VM, you know, the first two things to install is Chrome and Node plus 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 plus. Yes, just, yeah. yes. it just is. Like it is uh, a lifesaver. So Notepad plus plus is one, and the uh, so portable apps, and then the other software I normally tend to use is Auto Hotkey. So Auto Hotkey oh. or AHK as it stands is basically a way to automate uh, Windows or things in Windows. so gui based automation but it it's beyond gui based automation as well because it can do many other things like text expander so suppose you you do a certain task repeatedly you want to automate it how do you automate it on windows so you write a simple script if i press this hot key it will execute that command so it's essentially a batch script but in a particular format So, like, I have a hot key to take screenshots. I have a hot key to take a screenshot, put it in uh, uh, MS Paint, and then save it in JPEG and name it in the timestamp and save it on my desktop. So, with uh-huh, a simple hot key, cool. I've automated everything. Then I have another hot key where, if I have to send an email every time to a person or to say twenty people, and I can't, I don't have a group, so I just write. three letters and it expands into the whole list of email addresses so it acts as a text expander uh so yeah wow, things like nice. that so it's it's a productivity tool things that you repeatedly do as a developer or as a tester you want to automate it so yeah yes absolutely i mean to be honest i wasn't aware of this um, auto hotkey i'm definitely going to use it that sounds really cool i mean you know if i knew about this before my life would have been so much better I but know. no definitely i'm going <laughs> to i'm going to use that right and i will i will use psr i'll, I'll have a look okay cool okay so um i know we in the in the beginning of this talk we you know very briefly talked about quality but we didn't really go into much detail we just mentioned quality but there is i'm sure there is a lot more in quality as well i i, I just want to come back to that point because it's i think it's a very important one tell us more about that uh, you know what kind of um, you know like different levels of you know like quality control quality assurance there must be many many things related to quality and how do you deal with that So yes so so when we talk about quality we are not talking about how the software works but how the software is used how the software is developed how the software will be maintained etc etc so when we talk about all these things testing just becomes a part of it it is not everything it is just a part of it so at an organization level <coughs> you normally have quality assurance how do you make sure that defects don't occur or issues don't occur in a software so how how can you ensure that you have robust documentation you have people who are technical enough you are you have people who understand the system the, they are built correctly everything so and uh, at at uh, and and how the organization thinks how the organization communicates that is also important because <clears throat> there's one very good article uh, written uh, at a blog martinfowler.com and he's one of the great uh, thinkers from thoughtworks and he says that most of the um, software architectures are simply based on the architect uh, are simply based on how an organization communicates within itself so if if you have a communication hierarchy where the ceo talks to the cto the cto talks to the 
program manager it goes down to the product uh, project manager it goes down to the business analyst developers testers then you have this hierarchical model and the software in your company will follow the same hierarchy but if your software is built in a in a startup where everything is agile where everyone talks to each other everyone interacts with each other so you will have a software development model which is close to agile where things are developed much faster they are released to the market much quicker and you get feedback much quicker from the customer and then you incorporate that feedback and then release it so so based on that uh, you have different uh, design architectures and all that from an organization point of view is is quality assurance how do you ensure the defects uh, don't occur and quality assurance deal with processes so what processes can you put in place so that these um, quality issues don't occur then you have quality control so how do you control something so in order to control something you need to measure it so how do you measure how do you control how do you validate all those things and in quality control one aspect is testing so testing is what what is testing trying to do uncover issues in software so once you have uncovered issues the developer validates whether it's the right issue or not and whether it can be fixed or not and once we have found out multiple issues we can then measure like in say 100 lines of code how many defects we have identified so that is one of the ways to measure quality and then trying to control it by having robust requirements okay so when you have uncovered in 100 lines of code 10 defects then it means there is something wrong with either the way you have developed the code or either the way the requirements have been written and therefore the code has been built in a particular way so that is quality control and testing forms part of that quality control so you have right. something from a process point of view and a product point of view process point of view focuses on quality assurance and it's mostly at the org, org level and then the product point of view focuses on quality control and mostly at the project level or the program level so that's again see, very interesting yeah. because people use these terms uh, very loosely and they are not very clear about it that's actually very yeah that's very um you know good insight to have um it's definitely yeah it definitely opened my eyes to to understand better on you know what kind of things you do and what kind of things you have to consider so i mean you know i I've, i've you know now got to know a lot about testing and maybe i want to become a software you know testing engineer so what would i what kind of certifications are there that i have to do if i have you know if i wanted to you know double into it a little bit more so uh, there are a couple of certifications um, uh, and the the biggest body that awards certifications is the ISTQB um, it's a software testing quality board um, uh, and uh, they basically award all the certifications related to testing and it's not just uh, for testers but senior testers test management and etc so they provide certifications at all levels uh, of uh, a test life cycle and there is another body in uh, uk called the british computing society i think bcs and they also award certifications which are aligned with istqb model um so yeah these are the certification that you can do uh, you can take uh, but apart from that having just a curious mind and uh, be open to possibilities and have that knack to understand systems and try to solve problems and uncover issues i think that's a that's a good quality anyway to have right right i was just going to ask like what kind of quality i mean yeah i mean it's all good to know where where i need to be certified by if i need to first be you know ready or you know have that kind of um, you know like uh, knowledge and quality of a, of a tester so i wanted to first ask that the what are the you know what what are the qualities or what are the sort of the uh, skills of a yes, good tester yes. but no i think yeah you, as that's what you mentioned but so, yeah, yeah i mean uh communication is uh, very important i mean a lot of people say curiosity but communication is important because if i f- uncover an issue i should be able to communicate how i uncovered it what i uncovered and how can you replicate it in your own system if i'm not able right. to communicate that i'm not a effective tester 
because no matter how good issues i find if i'm not able to explain it to my developer my project manager my business analyst then what good is finding an issue so you need to yeah, be able no. to communicate your thoughts your ideas also effectively so no, when right. i say effective it means you give all the information in one email you don't say oh i found this issue the developer will then ask uh, in an email where did you find the issue oh i found it in that <laughs> software okay how did you find this software oh when i was doing this okay then you will say okay what login were you using then he say i'll i'll use this login okay which environment was it okay <laughs> what were the logs so now you have spent 2 hours discussing issues and problems that you could have done it effectively in one email this is the test environment this is the test login this is the test data this is the test url this is what i tried to do this is what i observed this is what i'm expecting yeah done so if you send this in one email you have saved a lot of time so that's effective communication which is very vital to save a lot of your time as a developer and my time as a tester i don't want yes, to be sending no, spending time sending emails <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't agree with you more i mean to be honest at all levels of you know in an organization communication yes. is important you know and yeah giving a robust you know like a comprehensive email you know with all the information the other person needs just just helps a lot helps you know save a lot of time and you know it also helps avoiding miscommunication as well yes. so yeah definitely agree So um okay so yeah i mean yeah i have the right mindset i know where to go when i'm you know when i have all the testing knowledge but where would i get this knowledge i mean is there like public forums or where do i learn about testing in a in a formal setting or formal or informal like where do i get this knowledge so normally people who are testers they have a particular personality they like to uh understand how a system works and they try to uncover issues so they they are curious by nature so once you have these qualities you actually seek information uh and seeking information is just by doing a google search so if you are a tester the biggest body or forum which is quite popular all across the world is ministry of testing so that is a very popular uh it's a club uh, you have to take there is a paid membership there is a free membership they have lots of events lot of a lot of classes and most of the big names in testing are actually part of ministry of testing and ministry of testing has regional chapters uh country chapters etc etc and uh, you can interact with ministry of testing by going to their website they have a forum where you can ask questions about testing and it's not just testing software but testing process testing management test data test environment anything testing tools you can ask about that even your testing career if you are doubtful about your career and then you also have a, f- a forum in slack channel so ministry of testing has a very good slack channel and i can't uh like force how important it is because uh my last two jobs were actually through the slack channel so i got uh-huh. my last two uh contracts through the slack channel so it's it's quite effective uh medium as well because uh testers are trying to help each other out and they they post a job advertisement which you might not be even aware of and someone just posts it you connect to the person you drop them a message you send them an email and voila you fix an interview and if you clear you get a job so that's one thing the other thing is there are a lot of meetups so during covid i attended a lot of meetups i gave uh, talks in couple of meetups on uh, on couple of meetups for some automation tools so those meetups are quite helpful uh, just type qa or testing and you would find a lot of meetups in meetups uh, website meetup.com and then there are a lot of testing conferences where people come and share their experience in testing not just in technical aspect but business aspect product aspect uh, human aspect so a lot of the uh, those things are also covered um in in uh, these conferences and then you have events as well where you can go participate and do testing so i have attended few events where they are about to launch a product but uh, rather than uh, uh, getting it tested thoroughly what they do is they invite lot of testing people 
and they say okay we'll give you free food free beer and then we will um, we'll give you a prize let's see who uncovers the maximum number of bugs so it's like a competition to f- it's like a gamification version of finding bugs in a limited uh-huh. amount of time and that actually excites you to because be honest, you have- sorry you have been told you had me sold at free beer so i'm definitely <laughs> going to take part next <laughs> i know but they they don't occur that frequently but yes i have attended such meetups and it's actually quite fun because uh you first uh everyone is testing the same software but everyone is trying to uncover different issues and as a tester you are always amazed at how people are thinking about issues and how they are uncovering those issues in the system so it's actually quite fun to actually go and participate in such events right 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 okay no that is interesting i mean now that this is like quite a comprehensive set of information so i know where to get more information i know what kind of mindset or the personal qualities i need and now i also know how to where to get the certification that is actually you know like um approved or sort of recognized everywhere else so that's that's actually very good path to to becoming a test engineer thank you for all those interest now i know whenever we talk about testing i think you know part of me always think about you know you also have to test the security of it and then yes. you know then the whole arena of cybersecurity comes in but i think we need to we need another talk altogether to cover the cybersecurity and that aspect of of you know i don't know if it's a branch of testing or is it a whole area in itself but it is a very important topic and we definitely want to cover that in one of our future episodes i think definitely definitely and i think uh, one of the things that we didn't discuss yet uh is uh, the different uh, types of uh, testing so we talked about the methods we talked about the levels but we didn't talk about the types of testing so what i mean by types is uh, you have uh, functional testing where you are testing the functionality of a software or the feature of a code or a product and then you have the non functional bit so explicit and implicit explicit is something that is clearly defined implicit is not clearly defined vague and explicit is functional testing implicit is non functional testing so in explicit you will have the unit testing system testing and so forth uh, but with a non functional testing you will have performance testing where you are testing the performance of a software and what i mean by performance is what happens when the software is put uh, is say a web application a website is connected by 1000 users at a time how does the server respond is it able to give all the pages what happens if the 1000 users remain connected to the server for 10 hours continuously so that's like endurance right. testing of a server then you have a uh, stress testing so what ha- when does the server actually crash you need to know right mm. at what point does the server crash at how many requests does the server crash so you need to know as an engineer so that's one aspect and then suddenly uh, during christmas or during black friday you have a sudden spike in uh, users and then it drops mm. right yeah. so you have a sudden spike for a day and then it drops so that's again so that so that's performance testing security so yes we need to cover a different maybe for all these things but in security you have to understand what security are we talking about are we talking about network security is a is a person able to get inside a network so we are all connected by the internet and everyone is uh, basically it's network of machines connected together but with certain yeah. restrictions or firewalls in place so can i actually as a as a novice user can i bypass the firewall and get access to a database say a film database or a uh, a database which is selling products and i can maybe tamper with the database make the price zero of a product and then try to buy that product things like that right so right, yeah. so so there is a aspect of network security then there is a aspect of application security can i actually cheat the software to think i am a admin person and grant me all the privileges so i can do anything with the software 
So you have application security, you have network security. Can I penetrate the network? Can I hack the application? And then there in the application itself, you have desktop, mobile, web applications, so different types of application security. So, and now we have device security, IoT. So you have mobile phones, you have smart speakers, you have smart tablets, smart cameras. Can you hack those cameras? So that's another type of security that needs testing. So a lot of testing that I've done recently are actually on devices. They're not even, they're software on devices which are not your regular laptops or computers. They're like a Chromecast device, uh, like, a, like a smart light, like a, like a smart, uh, um, uh, cycle, a gym cycle, a gym bike. So things like that. Right. So, so th that's aspect of security. Then you have cross browser testing. So you test it across different browsers. Accessibility. How does a blind person, a deaf person, a, a mute person, um, or a person who has limited visibility use a system? So focusing on that aspect. So that's accessibility testing. And there is, there is something called an AB version, AB testing, which you, you might have noticed in some job applications. Um, so what happens is that you give two versions of the same page and you right. see which page sells more products. So version A is shown to say 50% of the users and version B is shown to 50% of the uh, rest of the 50%. And in those two versions, you will see which, uh, version of the page generates more sales so that's ab version and that right. also is has to be tested so normally you talk about personal personalization and etc etc but there is this aspect of testing as well where you have ab versions and yeah so so yeah these are the total aspects of testing uh, the different types which we need to be aware of and which can be covered in a different session Yes, absolutely. I mean, I yeah, it's it's such in such a big insight to know like the big arena of testing, and yeah, definitely we need more session to cover each of these things. You know, security testing, and then now we've mentioned all the other different kind of testing. Yeah, yes. we we should definitely have a few more episodes covering all of this. Um, but yeah, for for today, um, I had uh, you know I already have a really good understanding. But is there anything else you'd like to add? Um, I think yes. Uh, I mean, yes, as in not anything else, because I think we have covered a whole uh, overview of uh, testing and uh, what it encompass, encompass, encompasses. <laughs> uh, so yes, uh, uh, people who are naturally curious, I think it's a good uh, thing. But just because you are curious doesn't mean you can be a good tester. You need to have certain other skills as well. Uh, you need to be able to find information, uncover information, present that information effectively and uh, contribute to the overall quality of uh, a system, a product, a software. So, yes. yes. Thank you so much again, Renat, for all the questions. <laughs> Absolutely. No, thank you very much for all the knowledge and insights. I mean, that would definitely change the way I work or how I interact with the, with the, with, you know, with the, with the rest of all, everyone else in whenever I'm working. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's been really insightful, really knowledgeable. Thank you very much, Amit. Um, that was all for uh, in today's talk. Hope you guys all enjoyed. Uh, definitely do uh, check out our other talks. Um, they all have different we have covered a number of topics that you know we did go into various you know uh, in depth in in various topics and I, I you know i strongly believe that that would you know each of these talk will give you insights on on those topics quite um, um in, in a really good way so yeah definitely check them out uh, feel free to subscribe and uh, yeah hope to see you guys again next uh, next week thank you so much bye Bye.